Hello! Welcome to yet another episode of Going With The Float. I hope you all have your root beer floats with you, your fuzzy blankets. Today it is a chilly, rainy day. It is my kind of day. And I've got a heating pad under my blanket and then another heating pad on my back because why not? Heating pads are, and fuzzy blankets are a comfort, right? <laughs> anyway, let's get going with the float here. This episode, we are going to be talking about some of the movies based off of Agatha Christie's um, Hercule Perot. I'm, I did not say that correctly at all, um, but here we go. Uh, so we, I watched <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. I know there's a third one, A Haunting in Venice. We'll get to that here at the end. But starting out, <laughs> um, let's go over the plot. So this detective, Mr. Perot, he is a Belgian detective. He's a very well-known uh, detective. He looks at he looks at the finer details. So how do I best explain this? When I first started watching, I know this is going to sound contradictory for a second. Bear with me. When I first started watching this movie, I legit thought, okay, so we're going to have the, he's going to be a good detective, but this is giving me a Pink Panther, Clouseau kind of feel. Boy, was I wrong. But, so it, it, to me, it's almost like mixing Pink Panther with Sherlock Holmes. Minus the drug addict portion of it, right? So, well, anyway. Um, so it's this well-known detective who is who sees the finer things, things that people don't notice. Um, he quote, he says in the beginning of the first one, he's like, I see the world, um, as it, not as it is, but as it should be. And so when I see things, when I'm detecting, I see the improper things. Actually, it's not just when he's uh, detecting things because, right after he finishes that line, he's like, he says to an officer, he's like, and please fix, fix your tie. <laughs> and this, he does that a few times throughout the movies, which is humorous to me. Um, so he is, he wants to take a holiday and he finds that his, he runs into his friend, Book. He's in charge of the Orient Express, which is his uncle's train. And it turns out that Mr. Perot, uh, needs a train ride to, like, England or something, and for another case. So he's going to go on holiday, but then he was like, okay, we need another case. This is an important case. I'll do it. So he goes, but what happens, as is in the title, a murder happens on the Orient Express. And how do I, I'm going to be very careful with the things that I say. I know I normally give spoiler alerts all the time, but for those that have not seen these movies, I absolutely cannot do it. So this was my first time viewing these movies. My mom said to me the other day, she's like, 
usually you do movies that you've watched dozens of times. So it's easier for you to pick out the finer things and all and notice all of the things. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going to watch these multiple times before putting out this episode. Sorry, mom. Even though I said that to her face anyway. Um, but I was so enthralled with these movies that I was like, I don't want to wait to put out this episode. And I'd like to watch these again in time, but I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to give spoilers, not just because I haven't watched it dozens of times, but just because these movies, which are based off of the books, are so well done that I did not see it coming. So normally, I can watch a show or a movie, like a cop show or um, something of the sort, and or just a movie, kind of like a, I guess a mystery, and know what's going to happen and who the killer is going to be or whatever. With Murder on the Orient Express, I had no clue who it was going to be. I was shocked. They kept twisting and turning, and it was... It was amazing. And then there was humor, but the thing is, the, a lot of the humor I felt like at first, well, obviously, was at at first, in, in the beginning of the movie. And then it changed and it became more serious. There was still humor throughout, but man. And this movie has got a phenomenal, phenomenal cast. Um... <laughs> First off, you have Johnny Depp. Now, technically, he's not the pinnacle. He's not the main character, because I guess they're all technically main characters, except we're following Hercule Perrault. Um, I Wow, it just gets worse every time. Um, who's played by Kenneth... Yeah, I don't know how to say that dude's last name. Um, something else that you might know him on. Uh, well... <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. Oh, he was on Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. I Oppenheimer. What the heck? You took German ad. So, Kenneth, you've got Penelope Cruz. You've got William Defoe. You've got Dame Judi Dench. And let's see, who else do you have? You also have... Ooh. You've got Daisy Ridley, who is, um, of course, plays Ray in the latest three... Um, the latest trilogy of Star Wars, and we're not going to comment on Star Wars here, but there you go. For those of you who don't know, Daisy Ridley, who plays Rey. Uh, you've got Leslie Odom Jr., who plays, uh, I think it's Lionel in Glass Onion. Um, you've also got Josh Gad, and Tom Bateman is the one who plays Book. Uh, you've, you've just got a phenomenal, phenomenal, oh yes, and you've got Derek Jacoby, 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 who, another phenomenal character, I'm okay, you'd know, you'd know him from Gladiator, of course, um, whatever, stay focused, uh, so you've got a great ca cast with this, and I just... They each played their roles so well. The writing was good. The acting was good. 
choreography in this movie was great and for those of you who don't think of just blocking and moving um, fight scenes as choreography think again it's choreography you just may not consider not necessarily consider it but just you don't actively think about it the choreography is great um story was just oh so good so a co-worker is actually the one who suggested that I watch these and I was like yeah okay haven't seen them thought about watching them before and I thank you for recommending these because wow anyway so a murder happens on the Orient Express and of course he goes through and he Mr. Perot, um, goes through to figure out who the killer is. And you figure out all of these clues and all of this, all of these things, but you see his frustration on figuring this out. It's not an easy task. And the killer did really well to hide who it was that was going, who, who, who they were. Man, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's just been a very long time since I've had a movie that didn't, that wasn't predictive for me. Predictive? Yeah. And that just caught me off guard. And this was definitely one of them. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Unfortunately, if you don't have X, uh, FXN streaming service, you'd have to rent it on Apple TV or uh, Amazon Prime. Worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Worth it. I'm okay. I'm just going to have to go and buy the movies and rewatch them again. Um, moving on. I know that section didn't necessarily take very long. Um, partially because I'm trying not to give spoilers. Uh, Another part is that I really didn't take notes with these because I was so enthralled. It was very difficult to just pinpoint things that I loved so much because I was just so invested the entire time. Um, one of the things that I did love about it um, was how precise how uh, uh, Perot was about literally everything down to the eggs. Down to the friggin' eggs. I'm okay. We're good. Um, also, I guess I should say, <laughs> for the plot, so they're, they're on this train going to England, I believe, and they're traveling over and through the Swiss Alps, and an avalanche happens that stops the train. And this is after the... Murderers happen, and so they have time to figure it out. Mr. Perot has time to figure out the, who the killer is and what he's going to... Well, not what he's going to do, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> that was real well. Ex explained really well. Um, another thing that I loved about this movie was the scenery. Now... To be fair, it could have been CGI, it could have been a green wall, it could have been AI, I don't care. It was still gorgeous scenery because they start out in, 
where did they start out? I'm not exactly sure where they started out. I can't remember. But they started out somewhere in the Middle East and then went to Belgium. No, not Belgium. They went to Istanbul. Um, and then, of course, you watch them fly through, fly, ride through um, the Swiss Alps. And I've told you all before, I love mountains so much. I'm okay. Um, so it was great. So now moving on to Death on the Nile. This one started out very different than the first one. The first one, well, no, the second one, Death on, Death on the Nile starts out as a flashback. Uh, starts out with Hercule Perot, Hercule, Hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just getting worse and worse. Mr. Perot, Perot, oh gosh. Um, and there, it, that's, that, anyway. Mr. Perot, it, he's in, I want to say it's the Second World War. No, it would be the, I don't know. He's in one of the World Wars. He's a soldier, and um, it shows why he's got this the mustache that he does, which is a, a crazy, wacky, amazing mustache. I love it. Um, but it shows the reasoning for that that mustache. And then we go to the present day where he is once again being very precise in things that he's doing, things that he's eating, and he's in this club, um, and he watches an encounter happen, and uh, these two people meeting, well, actually, first off, he watches this couple dancing on the dance floor who is engaged, and... Then the female in the couple, um, the female, the, the woman in the couple, the, wow, I just can't say it. The, the woman meets a friend, another female friend, who introduces her fiance to, and they dance on the floor and all of these things. And six weeks later, they're, they're, they're engaged. So let me remind you, which maybe it's a spoiler. Anyway, so let me remind you, female A is engaged to male. Female B comes in, meets up with her, with female A, and female A introduces female B to male. And then male and female B end up engaged and married six weeks later. And so they go on this basically cruise or they go on a boat for on the Nile. Um, and oh, guess what? Another death happens, a murder happens. Surprise, surprise, right? And Tokyo Perot. <laughs> Awful. Uh, is on the ship, boat. It's not a ship, it's a boat. And 
Of course, he investigates. Now, who was murdered? And why? And how? Well, not how. Well, how? Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> and again, it was fantastically done. The, the scenery was beautiful. And another great cast. So again, you've got Kenneth, and then you've also got Tom Bateman. You've got Annette Benning, who, for me, I know her from The American President. And then you've also got Russell Brand. When I pointed Russell Brand out to my mother, she was like, huh? She's like, and later in the movie, she's like, I'm glad you pointed that out because there are moments where it does look like him. And this is the most off-brand Russell Brand that I have ever seen. It's hilarious. It's not necessarily hilarious. It's just, it just shows to me how good of a character, a character actor he is because if character, if, wow, if actors can have a wide variety of characters that they play and they do it well, like an actor making you hate that character or falling in love with that character or having mixed emotions. Like, I, I consider that a great actor. Now, great actors can play the same character, same type of character over and over again. And they still be considered a great character. Like Ryan Reynolds, who plays the same kind of character all the time. So does Kevin Hart. So does Dwayne Johnson. So does Will Ferrell. But they also have their moments of seriousness. They also have their moments of just a lot more deep characters than we're used to sometimes. But anyway, Russell Brand, he's in there. He's great. You've also got uh, Gal Gadot. I never actually know how to say her name. I always want to say Godot. Um, But anyway, Gal Gadot. Um, You've also got... Oh... You've got Leticia Wright. You've got Sophie O'Connor. No, that's not. Ooh, butchered that worse than Perot. Uh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, moving on. You've also got Emma Mackey. You've got Army Hammer, which I would love to consider him a. Um, celebrity crush of mine but also we know who my celebrity crush is but anyway moving on you've also got rose leslie and you've got ali fazal and jennifer saunders and don french Uh, you just got a another round of great great cast for this But this one was slightly more predictable for me. I thought, you know what? I could see this happening and this happening. Is this what's going to end up happening? And there were moments where I was like, okay, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be this person. Could be that person. And in the end, I was like, yeah, I'm not terribly surprised. But at the same time, it was great writing again. And I was still blown away at how it was done. I didn't expect things to happen quite how I initially thought they might be, but I was just amazed. 
I'm I'm amazed at the I'm amazed at everything. Um and it just I again, I didn't take a this time I didn't take a single note. I tried on the first one. So I'm running a little short on things that happened and that uh, that I want to point out. Um Now I do have to say when the movie first started out, not with the flashback, but the the scene in the the 1930s club. No, it was 1947. No, 47 was haunting in Venice. Um, so I think it was 1934 when Death on the Nile took place. I think. Um, and I would when it that club scene was a little weird for me. Then again, I'm not really a club person in the first place. I am a severe introvert. I, I, severe introvert, no. Clubs, no. But also it just, I don't know. I did not particularly like that scene. It was fine for the story of what happened, the meeting and everything of everybody, so that it does, you do see, um, why things are happening the way they are, in a way. Because, you know, you don't introduce, you don't, something doesn't happen in a story that you don't introduce firsthand, if that makes any sense. So, think of it like, think of it like Harry Potter and, and how J.K. Rowling, she, she knew the end of the story before the first book. She knew so many things and it helped her to be able to place things along the storyline. She knew that what Snape felt, why he was feeling the way that he was, we didn't know until book seven, right? But she knew. So there were things that she placed along the storyline that helped lead to that point. Now, nope, we're not getting into that because that's another episode sometime down the road. Um, but you see what I mean, right? So there were, so the club scene was very necessary to introduce the care, a few of the characters to know why certain things are happening, why Arm and Hammer and Gal, Army Hammer and Gal get on this boat because they think, okay, it's a safe place. We know everybody that's on the ship and what's her name? The previous fiance isn't going to be on board, right? I'm giving you a little bit of some hints here. Well, am I though? Anyway, so it's... It helps you to know why they're on a ship instead of just they're on a ship because they feel like it because it's their honeymoon. It actually means more than that. Moving on. There were times later on in the movie where I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out the, char- the who the killer is based off of this. And then I'm like, wait a second. I do not understand. How is this not, this should have happened because this was happening and, and so it threw me off a little bit, which it would, as was intended. Honestly, 
the writing is good, the movie writing is good, but that's because of the books, which, to be fair, I did not read the books. And I feel like I should have, because that is a rule in our house. But... For those that have read the books, please let me know if this is any, if the movies are accurate to the movie, the movies are accurate to the books enough. Because we all know how story, from book to movie adaptation always falls short. Always. Now, I've heard, and I still haven't read the books, Lord of the Rings is the only one that is most accurate to the, movie, uh, to the books. Not 100% sure on that. So, I'm not going to claim that that's accurate, but that's just what I've heard. So, I want to know, which maybe I should just read the books on myself, by myself, by myself. Because I am curious. Anyway... So moving on, the writing of the movies were good because the story initially that Agatha Christie wrote was good. And then the producers and directors and the screenwriters and everything did the rest to make the movie good. Or movies, I should say. Anyway, so A Haunting in Venice. I did not watch. I started out watching it, but I could not continue after, I don't know, 20 minutes maybe. Um, I, I couldn't do it. I'm not a thriller person. I am not a horror movie person. There are certain movies that I have watched, mostly because other people didn't necessarily force me to. But they put me in that position where I couldn't sit, where I was unable to leave or say no. Which sounds like forcing. But anyway, um, a quiet place I was not. That was a conscious decision. Um, but for A Haunting in Venice, this is, this is very different in a way. Uh, well, no, it's very different. I, so I don't necessarily believe in ghosts and spirits and whatnot, but I also very much do. And I am not, I can, I can read and watch movies about werewolves and vampires and magic, but I cannot invite the idea of ghosts into my space. My dreams are already bad enough in the first place. I don't need, I don't need them to get worse. Um, and I know that Perot is going to, I knew that he was going to just disprove this medium who is trying to get in contact with this spirit of this dead girl, but, and, and he, so he was going to disprove the medium, but I just couldn't watch it and I also couldn't make myself just jump to the end and watch how he disproves her. 
I, I just did not have it in me. So you watch at your own beliefs, whatever. If that's stuff that you're into, great. By all means, you watch. You enjoy it for me. But I cannot give you a review on that one because I didn't watch it. I didn't watch longer than the first 20 minutes. And I just, I was, mm -mm. I started making some nachos and decided, nope, we're not doing this. I kind of want some nachos now. So anyway, uh, yeah, I believe that's all that I have. If you would like to make a suggestion on what movie you would like to hear being reviewed, go to our Instagram going with a float podcast and leave us a message or a comment on one of the posts and let us know what you'd like to, to review, like us to review. Um, also just give us a follow over there so that you can see random camper pictures or videos or whatever. My cute little boy who is laying right next to me right now uh, on his bed. It's adorable. Um, but then again, I am biased. Um, and as you wait for the next episode, make sure this week you grab some root beer, some ice cream for your, for next week's episode for a root beer float. And also don't forget your fuzzy blanket because comfort items, right? (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and then we'll get going to the float next week. Have a great week. Cheers.